It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Wednesday, December 6th, uh, with your hosts, me, Ray, trying my best to grow a beard, and Zach, who, well, can grow a beard. How are you today, handsome? I am great, Pops. We're going to jump right in. We talked a little bit yesterday. I'm going to put the link to this data in the chat. You look very handsome, by the way. I should pause well, at least. For thank a you. And say um, that. I, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm representing a sister brand of Carbon to Cobalt today. Thirty-two bars. Perhaps they want to sponsor. I don't know. Just looking. I'm looking. I'm trying. All right, folks, so here's what we're going to talk about. Ford has a 1.2, and I ground it down, which is typically something I don't do both personally and professionally. $1.2 billion problem, Dad. We looked at this data yesterday. Ford Mustang Mach-E inventory. There's a 358-day supply nationwide for the Mustang Mach-E. Average selling price is $57,000. They have 25,000 of them out there sitting on dealer lots waiting to sell, yet only 3,200 of them have sold in the past 45 days. The number five slowest selling vehicle in the United States and the only EV here in the top five. Dad, the $1.2 billion problem is that on January 1st, Ford expects to lose the federal tax credit, which is $7,500 on their electric vehicles and... Yes. The reason it's a $1.2 billion problem is because when you do the math, simple math here, folks, when you do the math, you take $50,000 and you multiply it by 25,000, you get 1.2. I didn't even take the 57,000 because last time I checked, Pops, Ford's invoice price to their dealers is the same exact amount as the selling price. The dealers don't make money on the Mach-E's. They can't sell them. And they're about to cost $7,500 more in 25 days. Yes. Yes, well, you know, it's 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 only a problem. Well, when it when it's a problem, and and uh, you know, does Ford think it's their problem, or does Ford think it's the dealer's problem? Because as far as Ford's concerned, they've already been paid that one point two billion dollars for those uh, Mustang Machis that are sitting on dealers' lots. Now, are they going to have to perhaps invest? an additional $7,500 per vehicle come January 1st to help the dealers sell them? Maybe, Um, but that would be a sizable increase in their incentive spend to move them. Um, Yeah, it's it's an issue. It's an issue that's got 25 days where where they need to do whatever they can to get those vehicles sold. They are, I hate to break this to Ford, um, but they're not going up in value. Um, they're they're going to con- continue to go down in value. They're going to become seventy five hundred dollars less desirable in in three and a half weeks. Um, I don't know what their thoughts are. They got to be looking at the data, Dad, and saying to themselves, "Holy cow, we've got over a billion dollars worth of inventory that's not selling." And because of federal government actions, will not be uh, will be will will cost even more to consumers. Yes. the cost of the dealers doesn't change, but the cost to consumers changes. Yeah, and you've got to imagine, Dad. We didn't even talk about it when this when this came out back on November twenty eighth. But the federal government is being uh, lobbied not only by dealer groups and things like that, but now just dealerships themselves around electric vehicles in general. Is the Mustang Machi not going to be the poster child 
Could it be the poster child for trying to go too fast into the electri- uh, into electrification? It was just last week that over 4,000 dealerships sent a signed letter to the Biden administration asking them to slow down on the EV push. Uh, in a letter sent Tuesday, the dealerships urged, this was one uh, week and a day ago, citing an EPA proposal from April that could push battery-powered vehicles to 60% of new vehicle sales by 2030 and 67% by 2032. Is the story here, Dad, Ford made a mistake, Ford dealers are screwed, or do consumers just not want to buy the Mustang Mach-E and electric vehicles in general in mass, and that's causing these downstream effects? Um, well, I, I think I think the story is um, that when we look at it and you delve into it, is that the federal government has pretty much stated, mandated that they want to see this, this giant ass change in in how we propel our vehicles moving forward, whether they be uh, um, ICE vehicles or whether they be electric type vehicles or some other means. Um, and and so manufacturers felt compelled to come up with these alternative vehicles, fuel-type vehicles, in order to um, keep keep the government happy. Well, part of the issue is that anytime there's any mandate from the government or new rule, regulation, or law, there's always unintended consequences. And one of the unintended consequences, especially when it comes to Ford, is that they developed an electric vehicle that when they first developed it, there seemed to be a tremendous amount of interest in it. Mm-hmm. Well, once it was actually manufactured and available to the general public, um, that alleged supposed interest kind of, um, well, evaporated. It, it it doesn't exist because it's not it's not an a, an affordable EV. I mean, you know, yeah, the every, average transaction price is fifty seven grand. Yeah, like that's and, that's, and I was going to say, and much like Tesla, every time one of these manufacturers said we're coming out with something new, when they said they were coming out with it, the price they said they were going to charge for it was, I don't know. Fifteen twenty thousand dollars less than what they're actually selling it for. Okay, the Cybertruck was supposed to come out at thirty nine thousand dollars. It's sixty one. the The Mach E, if I remember correctly, was supposed to be around a thirty nine thousand dollar vehicle. The Lightning was supposed to be like a thirty. Everything, everything was supposed to be a thirty nine thousand dollar vehicle, and none of them turned out to be that because you can't make them a $39,000 vehicle at what it costs to build them. Let me ask you a question. So is this actually, so, you know, Ford's $1.2 billion problem. Is that not electric vehicles? Is it not dealers screwed? Is it not consumers don't want? Is it actually back to the root cause affordability? Maybe, maybe if these were 25, is is it, is it really just a game of the prices, right, dad? Is that really what this is? Their $1.2 billion problem they just don't have price, uh, you know, these vehicles at their correct prices. I guess that's got to be what it is. Well, I, I don't know. And, and the reason I say I don't know is Fiat is going to bring back the Fiat 500E, 147-mile range for allegedly, allegedly $34,900, okay, under $35,000. 
Well, there, you know, that, that would appear to be a relatively inexpensive EV in comparison to the rest of the EVs out there. Anybody going to buy it? My guess is, no, it's a fiat, okay? For a few thousand dollars more, you can buy a Tesla Model 3. Prove it to a certain degree, um, you know, that, that they built a good car that's, that, that has, um, you know, uh, cutting-edge technology and, and software, uh, mm-hmm. whereas Fiat hasn't been known to have cutting-edge anything, um, well, since they first started. So, you know, are, is anybody going to buy that? I doubt it. I, I, I just, I doubt it. Are there people out there that bought the the Chevy Bolt, which was even less expensive? Yeah, and then Chevy did what? They said, okay, we're going to discontinue that vehicle. And Bolt sales have been through the roof, though. I want to be very clear. Like Bolt yeah. sales are bolts are flying off the shelves. Price points competitive, etc. It's like the op. It's it's the antithesis of the of the Machia sixty thousand dollar EV that doesn't really compare well to its peers. So I, it, there is a certain degree of if they build it, they will come. Um, but having said that, the degree pe- depends on the perceived value of those lex- less expensive, um, let's call them tiny vehicles in comparison to some of the others. So is it just price or is it, price and style and size um our, our data suggests it's priced that I, I i will pull this back up justin put a, a few notes in this article back on the caredge.com slash guide you know it's these are the new cars trucks and suvs with the most inventory right now the average transaction price for the 10 slowest selling models in the united states for the month of december 2023 is $71,774. Yes. Wait for it. The fastest selling new cars, trucks, and SUVs, the average transaction price is $20,000 less, $51,351. Yes. So what are you trying to say? The whole thing boils down to price? Well, to a certain degree, when when 83% of the public did, that that was surveyed said we don't feel like we can afford to buy a new car today in today's world um that only leaves 17% who feel they can uh, so yeah i mean the reason the 83% feel they can't is because the vehicles are too damn expensive that's why it it is it is entirely an affordability issue I, I know today I'm supposed to chat with a uh, gentleman from Mazda, Mazda Corporate. And Oh, interesting. Yeah, and, and y- you know, a big part of what I'm planning to talk to him about is what they see as, as the affordability issue. What, 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 what are the, how are they hoping to address that by raising the prices of their vehicles? Um, doesn't that seem counterintuitive to what, the perception is that there's just not enough affordable affordable vehicles out there. And Mazda is one of the brands that is showing um, a sizable increase in sales year over year. So if, if, if 
a, a more mainstream, more affordable brand like Mazda thinks that they need to continue to go up market. It, I, I just wonder if those who run these automobile manufacturers actually have any concept as to what it is the public thinks they can afford. And my, my suspicion is that they do not. They, they, you know, they, they sit in their ivory towers and they say, this is what the public wants without ever actually asking the public. Um, this is what the public can afford without actually trying to put themselves in the public's position um, based on the cost of everything else. If, if, they, if they really looked at it through their customers' eyes, then they would build cars that are less expensive and they would stop pushing these big-ass cars, trucks, SUVs, whatever, um, that they have these huge, huge margins in but that the vast majority of their customers no longer feel they can afford. I was going to chime in, Dad. You know this. Uh, I meant to put it on Twitter yesterday and create some social content. I just got too busy. One of our dealer partners let me know that starting tomorrow, there's going to be a $2,500 MSRP reduction on Jeep products, on 2024 model year Jeep products. I don't know if it's all of them yet. I know it's on the Grand Cherokees. So you're going to see a new addendum sticker Next to window window stickers uh, for vehicles that are that are being shipped out, I was going to say minus twenty five hundred, and that's not from the dealer. That's not an incentive. That's that's truly just an MSRP reduction. You know, it, is it, it enough? It, no, it, but it, it is a it, it is a demonstration of like the ivory tower starting to you know peek outside and say, oh crap, things aren't working. No, and it won't be in it, and it won't be on an addendum label. It'll just be on the Monroe label. Yeah, I know. Uh, like imagine yeah. that though. It's like you know you've got the window sticker, and then the addendum label is. Well, for for the ones that that aren't impacted by it, they they might want to do that on the addendum label. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Um, But, yeah, the the problem is is that that when you're paying executives $21, $25, $28, $29 million a year, or in the case of uh, Craig Rowlandson from Lucid, you know, $379 million a year. Why would you expect them to understand what average people feel? These, the, the, these are not... These executives have, have no contact and no context in which to understand an average... American, an average person trying their best to live paycheck to paycheck, week to week, trying to figure out how they're going to get enough food to put on the table, uh, uh, how to how to cover their their rent or their mortgage, how to cover their automobile insurance, how to cover the average seven hundred and fifty dollar a month new car payment. Uh, these these executives have no idea what that struggle is. You know, for them, it was, well, should we buy the new Louis Vuitton bag or not? <laughs> you know, and, and... I hear you. I hear you then. Yeah. Also, let's be very clear. Decisions that were made over the past, I don't know, five years were also in a period of time where uh, interest rates were incredibly low. So borrowing money was easier. Things were artificially cheaper in that regard. Money was being printed during the beginning of the COVID you know, pandemic. So like there yeah. were other other macro factors that influenced kind of like the price inflation that we've seen. 
We are also the company that has done the research on automaker price increases versus inflation. And, you know, staring the number one truck on this list of the slowest selling vehicles in the United States right now, it is a Ram product and Dodge product in which automaker increased their prices over the past five years, nearly 50% when inflation was 21%. That would be Stellantis, parent company of Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep and Ram. What is which company is the one and introducing the $2,500, you know, pullback on MSRP? It's Jeep. So it's like, you know, some of this was also a rational exuberance when money was flowing freely and interest rates were incredibly low. No matter what, it's creating meaningful problems for both the automaker and especially for the dealer that's sitting on all the inventory, paying the floor plan costs, looking at their OEM partner and saying, what the hell's going on here? It's creating meaningful problems for those of us who would like to be able to participate. Okay. Yeah. And there is when 83% of the people out there say they can no longer afford to buy a new car, that's 83% of the people that feel as if they can no longer participate. That, that is an issue. Okay. That is a major issue when fully more for more than four out of, of, of five people. Okay feel like they can't participate in the American yeah. dream of buying a house, buying a new car, that it's just, it's beyond their reach. And at a certain point, you know, you say, well, if you work hard and you pull yourself up from by your boot, first of all, you have to have boots to even be able to pull yourself up by. Okay. And if you can't afford to buy the boots, you know, what the, the, you ain't pulling yourself up by your bootstraps at a certain point. At a certain point, people just look at it and they go, why am I trying so hard? There doesn't seem to be any light at the end of the tunnel. And for so many people, when they do see light at the end of the tunnel, ultimately it turns out to be an oncoming train. And, and All right, this is not going to be Debbie Downer Wednesday here. I've got some good news, okay? Uh, well, before, you're, we you're get, like, before we get to the good news, I did see that a dear friend of ours was in the conversation today, Farzad, and he wanted to know uh, if if I'm ready to buy my Cybertruck. Um, no. <laughs> All right, the good news, folks. We got, we got negative Nancy, a.k.a. Pragmatic Pops, but I'm going to do the good news. I was talking to the one of the Mazda dealers in our network this morning, Dad. Like them holding on to inventory is forcing their hand to discount prices more. So we are seeing downward pressure. The new thing in our network, if you purchase a Mazda through the Car Edge network, we've now got $500 under invoice price on 2024s and $1,000 under invoice price on 2023s. They're selling them. I posted on Twitter. They're selling. They're selling the 23s at triple net. They're making their dock. Like that's the money that they make on the car deal and a small flat from Mazda for the um, finance. 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Like they're, yeah, they're not making money. They, yeah. they just need to get rid of stuff because they've got new stuff coming and they have to have the old stuff. Got, right? So it's like we are seeing that. Go to caredge.com, search, trust the dealer filter to see the Mazda inventory there. But it's like that was a phone call I had two hours ago, dad. And and I'm talking to him. And he's like, yes, yeah, man. Like whatever you can do to help us move these cars. Like we have, I cannot go into next year with 23s on my lot. I'm like, okay, it, understood. It, it, is, it is like the old days. Four years ago, the old days when when new car departments traditionally did not make a profit or were limited profitability. I would have, geez, damn it, God, that would have been so much better if I could have gotten it out. Um, 
and 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 so we're reverting back to that where where the selling of new cars is just to move the metal and to give other departments an opportunity to try and make some profit for the store but the the vehicle itself is not the primary uh, uh, path towards a profit it's everybody else that touches that sale that has the the uh, path to a profit so we're we're to a certain degree reverting back to the norm you know because we haven't been in the norm for 4 years no. and and it, it dealers are going to have to do what the Mazda dealers are doing what your Mazda dealers are doing and that is recognize the fact that you just have to move metal that's what it is it's a commodity move it just get rid of it it doesn't it's not like a fine wine it isn't getting better with age um and the possibility exists that if it sits in that bottle long enough when you do pop the cork it could just be vinegar uh yeah. so do yourself a favor let it become somebody else's problem let it become that's the customer's problem yeah that's kind of what it's becoming right like there's so much market volatility right now you know, there were really, really, really smart people who at the beginning of the COVID pandemic bought a ton of used cars as prices were tanking. And then what happened? Prices like, and you know, maybe that was skill. Maybe that was luck. I think we're going to look back at this period of time in six months, Dad, and whoever the hell got rid of their inventory was the smart person. Because I don't see why prices, interest rates are still going to be high next year. That's the expectation. What, what signs point to consumer demand going through the roof for these expensive vehicles? We don't see any of them. So I think if you can like get rid of your stuff, if I'm a I'm a dealer. I'm discounting, especially with December, and you know people are actually in the market to buy now. Like I'm discounting, man. Like I'm trying trying to move on from stuff. And six months from now, I think I'll be looking like the smart one. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, just just listen to the public. Just look at the stats. When eighty three percent of the people say they they'd like to, but we can't. That that means that your your market is limited to the seventeen percent of the people. That's not a big enough sandbox to be playing in. So take whatever you can get until that sandbox expands again. And and when that will be, I don't know. The Fed has said that they're not looking to make any adjustments on on interest rates until perhaps next September. You know, maybe they'll change their mind. Maybe maybe they'll do something earlier in June or July. You know, but that's that's six, seven months that that where people are still going to feel like they can't participate. So if you're a dealer with inventory, don't hold on to it. Do yourself a favor. Do not hold on to it. And and if if it turns out we're wrong, well, you'll be OK, because guess what? The manufacturer is going to replace it for you if you want it. So no. when things turn around, you'll be able to get all the cars you need. Pops, I love this comment here in the chat from Brad. Brad, thanks for being here. He says, yeah. we are a Honda dealer and November was our second best month of the year. And this month is starting off the same way. I think that it's important to understand there are OEM differences here. Toyota oh, and Honda dealers are crushing it right now. Yeah, absolutely crushing it. And even for a period of time there, Subaru and Mazda dealers were too, but Subaru, not as much. Mazda dealers, definitely not as much. Hyundai Kia dealers, even not as much. Um, you know, there was, it was on, it went viral on Twitter. Someone got like two grand off of a Telluride. Like that's not, that's unheard of, yes. you know, but there are certain brands that are still retaining high pricing power 
a lot of uh, uh, short supply uh, that's yes. really dictating the market. And then pretty much everyone else. And we'll, we'll, we will get the latest new car inventory data from Cox Automotive probably next week. That's I, that chart I, that we always like to look yes. at that shows uh, day's supply of inventory broken down by every brand. It's going to show what it always shows. Toyota and Honda at the very bottom and everyone else off to the right. And those are all the other brands that you can negotiate and go get deals on. And dealers should be looking to move metal, you know, move, move, the, move the vehicles. It's it, there's there's very very little mystery when it comes to selling cars. If if there are more customers than there are cars, you get all the money in the world. When there's less cars or less customers and and more cars, then you're fighting for the few customers, which means you're going to take shorter deals in order to sell your cars. And yes, space could be right. Maybe, maybe those Honda dealers are finally starting to have to discount cars again to at least some degree. Um, It it is, it it, it all goes back to the size of the sandbox. That's what it's. If you're, if the sand sandbox keeps getting smaller and smaller and there's fewer and fewer people in it, but the number of cars you have to get rid of keeps growing well, in order to entice those people that are in there, you have to give them a better deal. You have to discount your product, whether whether it be a discount, whether it be a cash incentive from the manufacturer, whether it be a 0% interest rate for 36, 48, 60 months, whatever it is, in your attempt to make this stuff more affordable for more people. That, that's what it is. It's not a mystery. It's really not a mystery, man. All right, let's come to the chat here, Pops, and then I want to share some pretty cool stuff back on the website. Scott, thank you for the contribution early thank in the you. show. Scott, hey, guys, I just want to say thank you for everything you do. I bought a new vehicle with a 6.75% interest rate going through my credit union. 6.75 is a great rate on a new car with outside financing, a.k.a. not, you know, a 0.9, yes. 1.9, Not underwritten. Yeah, yeah. yes. Congratulations, Scott. Hope you enjoy the new car. And then, Dad, from Elizabeth. Elizabeth, thank, thank you. you. This was earlier in the show. We really, really appreciate the thoughtful contribution. Merry Christmas. Thanks for all that you do. Yes, a happy holiday season to everyone in the Car Edge and the Ray and Zach community. We're excited for, for uh, all the festivities. So thank you for the wonderful contribution. It really means a Very, lot very kind. Way too kind, um, to say the least. Yeah. Maybe I'll get you a present this year, Pops. Probably I, not. Yeah, We're not I, really a present I, family, but we'll see. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah. It's <laughs> never been a present family. All right. I want to show everyone something that we worked on diligently, the team back at CarEdge.com. When you are on the car search and you are a data user, folks, you can click on vehicles. And we've now updated this to have a target discount associated with all new and used vehicles. The target discount is the dealer discount that you should be striving for off of the vehicle's original MSRP. So you can see here on Honda Ridgelines, we think you should be aiming for about 8.6% off. So this is super interesting because I imagine if I come down here, there's a 79 days supply of Ridgelines. So there's a little bit of inventory of Ridgelines. Let's jump over to the CRV, for example. The CRV, shoot for that 2% discount, 850 bucks. There you go. The day's supply is 49. That explains why you're looking for less instead of more. Please, please, please go use these resources. Again, this is part of the data plan. You can get access to all of that information for all the vehicles that you're searching for back on caredge.com. 
really proud of the team for the work that they did to build all that super impressive. And we're updating the algorithm constantly to reflect market changes. So really, really, really good stuff from our team. And and uh, may I say the market changes on a daily basis. So it's very, very difficult to keep up with those changes. But your team is is uh, trying their best uh, to do uh, to be as on top of it as they are. And and may I say one other thing? There is there is no organization that I am aware of, and I'm referring to the Car Edge organization. There is no organization that I am aware of that has their hands involved in as many transactions, potential transactions, potential car deals as as our organization, and so that our staff, our team really has a much more complete understanding of what the market conditions are throughout the country, whether it be regionalized, uh, whether it be uh, uh, by state. They are working deals in each and every one of the states. They know what's going on. Don't forget, most people only know what's going on in their world. And their world is usually a pretty small world. Our world is a fairly global world when it comes to the United States in, in that this team is working deals in every one of those states, every make, every model, every brand. Um, it, is, it is unusual for an organization to have as, as much access to this type of information as what we do and how we're able to leverage that for your benefit. Just so I needed to say and that. Here's I'm an sorry. example, Dad. Like I'm I'm on the community forum, which, you know, is just an awesome resource. Mariah, uh, 2022 Ford Explorer plus $4,000 cash in my pocket. Um, feeling so empowered after this. We could read the whole thing. It's it's incredible. I need to maybe after the show today, Dad. I really got to get you back on community forum. <laughs> I told you I can't log in anymore. It doesn't let me do anything. There's just incredible, you know, stories of uh, you know determination and, and confidence and doing a great job. And you know, like I'm just really really impressed by what the community um, beyond the team that we have, beyond the people that that make a little bit of money from being on payroll and getting supported by this, like. You know, it's just the community here, which is which is and really, really awesome. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The best thing you and your team ever did was start that community forum, allowing thousands of people to, to gather in one place to be able to share ideas, um, to be able to share info as to what, what they're seeing and what's going on in their neck of the woods, to be able to help each other out. That was yep. the the single most important thing your team ever developed. I'm just saying that. I mean, I like the other stuff with you too, but I yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> All right, I'll pull, put the link up on the screen, courage.com slash community. All right, Dad, we got one in us today if you're ready to go. Uh, really? You got to be kidding me. All right, let me pull this up on the screen. So from time to time, you know, we share stories of dealers and automakers and everyone in between doing shady and bad things. Dad, we had this at the beginning of last week. Nissan, the OEM, yes. sues an Illinois dealership for fraudulent warranty 
repairs. The lawsuit alleges the service department reaped millions with bogus warranty repairs and other schemes. It's almost like we need car edge, but for the service department as well. A suburban Chicago dealership service department had a, quote, pervasive culture of fraud mm. and a, quote, pattern of false and or fraudulent warranty schemes that, quote, undermined consumer confidence in the brand, according to a $2.5 million lawsuit filed by Nissan. The automaker sued Woodfield Nissan in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, and its former service director, Roy Carr, for fraud, misrepresentation, unjust enrichment, and breach of contract. The November 17th complaint in Illinois federal court said the dealership conducted an array of schemes that led to massive multi-million dollar fraudulent payments from 2016 through at least 2019. No bueno, man. This is bad. Uh, that is bad. I, 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 hope they, I hope they saved all the... Uh, all the bad warranty parts that they were supposed to save for their factory service rep um, and sent them back or had the factory service rep uh, inspect them like they're supposed to do. I mean, I don't think that's what happened, Ed, because in September 2018, <laughs> Nissan conducted an on-site audit of 358 warranty and repair claims, yeah. and 95% of them were unable to substantiate. Mm. You mm. know, I, I hate when that happens. And, and I don't... This business is rife with opportunity for fraud. Um, and, huge amounts of money. Yes, yes, and and you know there are there there have been sales programs that have been available where dealers could earn a lot of money, and then a year, two years, three years later, you know the manufacturer comes in and they do an audit and they and they. They ask you to pull a hundred deals and um, at random, and and you pull the deals, and they look at them and they extract. Oh well, here's a uh, this one's not legit. This and and they'll go okay out of that hundred deals. Now we had fifteen that were illegitimate. Um, so fifteen percent of what you collected, you probably should not have collected, and yeah. and the dealer is asked to write a check for a large sum of money, and most of the dealers look at it as, and they go. It was an interest-free loan, you know, and and the smart dealers would look at it and go, "Let's just do it right, okay? Yeah. Let let let's not have to write that check." Because uh, I remember uh, the Acura dealerships in Arizona, and you know, I kept saying, you know, I'm pretty sure I outsold them. I just didn't out retail delivery report them. And and the next thing I know, there's a there's they they did a uh, an audit, and the general manager, general sales manager, I don't know, had they had the stroke a check for like three hundred thousand dollars. The dealership did, and the other dealership that was reporting, yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and that sales manager was uh, summarily released that day. Um, you, you know, and when they came in and did, they did our store. And we were a Penske store, so you know you you got to do it legit. It's your publicly traded company. They couldn't find anything wrong because well, we weren't trying to do anything wrong, and it yeah. wasn't like my factory rep didn't know that they were reporting things as sold that weren't because sometimes they would DX those cars to me, dealer and then trade. I, yeah, yeah dealer trade the car to me, and then I'd go to report it as sold, and I couldn't because it had been reported as sold six months ago or eight months ago. And I used to say to my, well, what are you going to do to them about it? Mm, not much we can do. I mean, you know, 
<laughs> fraud is fraud is out there, man. That's why we do what we do here at Car Edge. Obviously, the company me and my dad have built with the incredible team behind the scenes for the past four years is in public. Everything we do, we're very proud of it. We're transparent, so please, we appreciate everyone that supports us. Fraud is everywhere, folks. Be careful. Auto industry, like the story we covered, of course, but everywhere. So pretty, yes. pretty like, true, especially this time of year with holidays, gift giving, like just dot your I's, cross your T's, read contracts, slow down to go fast. Like just please don't double check your emails, up. ladies and gentlemen. There yeah, are more click on phishing, phishing scam emails than you know you could shake a stick at. So. Wanted to pull it up back on the screen, caredge.com. If you're buying a vehicle, use our car search. We obviously showed earlier in the show we have the target discounts for all vehicles. We also have, I'll, I'll demonstrate it right now, the team's working on updating the Mazda pricing just because we had the phone call this morning. So I'll share yeah. Ford pricing because I know that's up to date. Use the trusted dealer filter right here. When you purchase a vehicle through the Car Edge network, not only do you not have to negotiate and haggle with the dealership we've done that for you you also never have to talk to a salesperson folks we do everything on the car edge side you click on i want this car even if you're out of state and things like that we can get vehicles shipped to you there is an additional cost for that of course but even if you're outside the state just click on the i want this car we do it for you super proud of our efforts here on building the car edge network and proud of the dealers who are given a chance to actually work with us to make this happen so again when you're on the car search make sure you have nationwide for your uh, location so that they show up and toggle trusted dealer right here. We have many brands and more coming on soon. Prices being updated literally in real time. And the other thing that I know is going to make my dad super excited. So I'll pull it up on the screen. Yes, this yes. says car edge data website seems off. This is the legacy cost of ownership, depreciation, uh, likelihood of, of a repair. We have data on that back on caredge.com slash costs or slash ranks. Uh, you can access that from the resources tab on the website. Dad, I want you to know in, in 2024, that will be updated. We just started. We just broke ground on updating all of our cost of ownership data. We are also updating all of the makes and models because there have been new new models. Not, not so much new makes, but new models yeah. that we're investing right now. It's going to cost us hopefully less than 20 grand, man, to be honest. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to do it. It's a lot of data you got to you know acquire and then all the work to program it. But we're going to have that updated next year. And just to be very clear, I'll pull it up on the screen. So if I'm back on caredge.com, if I'm up here under resources and I click on free data, this takes you to the old caredge.com. And this is where I can then look at, for example, like depreciation rankings or even comparisons of things like that. So I could come in here and look at Volkswagens and I could see what the typical Volkswagen depreciation curve looks like. All of this is getting updated. All of the data is getting updated. And it's really, really, really incredible data. It breaks it down by model. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It it is. And it's and I'm thankful that you're doing it. And that is some of the most important information that we have available for people. So when they want to compare, um, say a Subaru Forester to a Mazda CX5. Um, uh, against a, a Toyota RAV4, they can look at the different brands and and get a better sense as to what they're looking at as far as depreciation, maintenance costs, everything. And those are factors that should play into what vehicle you decide to get if if your main concern is just an economic one. Yeah, here you go. I just did a comparison of 
Subarus and Mazdas. Neither depreciate quite as bad as the industry average. Like the data on here is just incredible. And again, uh, in 2024, beginning of 2024, we will have that where we're, the checks are being written, folks, to invest in making that updated. So thank you, everyone, who has um, you know asked for that and reminded me of the importance of it, yourself included, Pops. Uh, JJ Crazy, what is floor plan? Floor plan is the line uh, interest, uh, excuse me, the line of credit uh, that a dealership has and the interest that they pay on that line of credit to, quote, floor plan their inventory, to hold their inventory at the dealership. All right, Pops, let's call the show. Okay. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, for today yes we'll be back tomorrow at noon eastern nine pacific and for those of you in in arizona that would be 10 10 a.m yes because there's only a two-hour time difference now yes (laughs) all right guys see you all tomorrow thank you pops yep thank you honey i'll see you tomorrow